Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You are listening to their Burgundy Breakdown podcast with Josh Taylor and Parker Hamlet. What's up, Redskins Nation? We are back with another episode of the Burgundy Breakdown podcast. Hope you all enjoyed the Junior Gillette guest pod and hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Parker, how was uh, Thanksgiving for you, man? Oh, dude, it was great. Uh, it was nice having to not sit around the table like we said last weekend. <clears throat> Stress about watching the Redskins lose to the Cowboys, which I feel like is a Thanksgiving tradition at this point. Instead, we got to watch the Cowboys get clapped by the underrated Bills that I feel like are being slept on way too much. Yeah, I was uh, I was happy. I, I hate to say I called it, but I kind of saw it coming just because it's a they've been slowly burning from the inside. But that's definitely the best part. Uh, like I said, having the Redskins not play is an addition. But before that, we did get a victory on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, who also looked pretty bad against the Bears during Thanksgiving. But I know you went to the game. You had a lot of uh, good things to say about that. So I'll let you speak a little bit about your experience at the game and uh, what all you saw going. Well, you know, me and my girlfriend were looking at tickets, and we were honestly thinking about going to the uh, Giants game in December because we kind of want to see that Daniel Jones and uh, Daniel Haskins matchup. But uh, we just impulsively bought the tickets on a whim. They were $20 on the visitor side, damn near lower level. So we're like, you know, we got to go to that. Picked up the tickets, got parking. Um, Overall, man, I I just want to say this because I feel like what you see on TV and, and, you know, what you see when you go are two completely different things. You would think that there's absolutely – nobody in the stands at all but when I was at the game dude I was surrounded by fans I mean the the higher level seats of course were going to be kind of empty I mean you, why would you want to yeah. go freeze your ass off against for a one and nine team that's losing 24 <laughs> 7 so and get, like, you know and, and pay out of the ass for it at that yeah. you know the loyal diehard fans were there in full form and and, and I'm not going to sit here and say the Lions didn't have plenty of fans I mean they had a lot of people show up a lot of Stafford jerseys a lot of Calvin Johnson jerseys. So, I mean, it was a good turnout for both teams. It was it, Both teams knew going in that this wasn't this game didn't mean a whole lot. I mean, Detroit, Detroit was pretty much eliminated already, and, you know, we were as well. But, you know, just, just I feel like for the overall morale of the fan base, for Dwayne Haskins, for Darius Guys, for Terry, for Kevin O'Connell, for all these guys who are more than likely going to actually be in the building next year, this was just a huge morale boost. And it feels good to talk about a victory podcast, man. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I know, like, what you said with the attendance, like – I know on our side, like watching on TV, you see the media put out videos and stuff of how the crowd looks pretty low. But like I said, it was a pretty good turnout um, other than that. And uh, good to see that we actually have some little fans still going to the game like yourself. Uh, but, yeah, going into the game, Stafford's out. So we had uh, Jeff, Jeff Driscoll from Florida, who I know pretty well. Pretty average guy. I was like, if we don't win this game, God help us. I'm Great value. Johnny Manziel is kind of what I would best describe him as. <laughs> I mean, we're the same numbers running around like a maniac, just like that. But just to echo off the sentiment off the uh, the attendance, there was this some photograph making rounds on Twitter and such while I was getting admitted into the game. Of uh, it showed Snyder walking down the sideline, and then you could see in the upper level it said "Sell the team" and like <laughs> highlighted. That was the fakest picture <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. If you zoomed in, it was like these little neon. Like, it looked like South characters. Park characters lined up. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Everybody was retweeting it like they were a bunch of martyrs and it was like the most historic thing they've ever witnessed. I was like, you guys are idiots, man. I mean, if we want to, we want to talk about low attendance. First of all, people like you or me going to an NFL game isn't cheap. That's a what 
six hour drive for you, four hour drive for me. I mean, you got to pay for parking, beer, tickets, you know, and not everybody can afford to go do that every single weekend, which is why it blows me away that some people are there every single Sunday screaming their freaking hearts out. But, you know, I mean, look at the game last night with between the uh, Saints and the Falcons, man. I mean, the Saints, I, w- the game was in Atlanta, correct? Uh, yeah, it was. Pretty- yeah, th- their attendance was horrible. I mean, all you saw was just a sea of Saints jerseys. But but you never hear anybody say anything about that because, you know, the, the national media narrative is just to kick us while we're down. But that's fine. Anyway, about the game. <laughs> yeah, the Falcons are terrible, dude. Like, I would kill to have that roster, too. I've never seen a team kick three straight onside kick, recover them, and still lose. <laughs> oh, my God. That blew my I mind guess. last night. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, but, yeah, heading into the game, like I said, um, we're just looking for more development from Haskins and stuff like that. But uh, inactives, I knew you had a lot of good notes on people that didn't play. Um, I know Dron Payne was a scratch. What else did you have on the uh, inactives that were heading to the game? Uh, Vernon Davis has joined the Brain Dead Tight End Club. Um, we're down to nobody but Sprinkle at this point. I couldn't even tell you who else it is. Uh, all, we, we also had a bizarre turn of events with Josh Norman. So, <laughs> we, were, we were notified. I think you texted me on the way to FedEx. I was at, like, McDonald's or something. Uh, speaking of McDonald's, shout out to Dylan. Listen to the podcast. Huge fan. Met him. Was getting a freaking McMuffin or something. He rolled up to me. Told me told us he was a huge fan of the pod. Got talking for 10 minutes. Thanks for listening, bro. Um, anyway, you sent me a message um, letting me know that uh, Norman wasn't going to play. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. Jimmy Moreland's going to get some reps. Fabian's going to get some reps. You know, let's, let's evaluate our talent and look at the guys who aren't going to be here next year. I mean, look at the guys who actually are going to be here this ne- next year. So then I, I don't really know how it happened, but is there anything you know about – tell us a little bit more about him actually being told he was going to play. It's, it's very confusing. So I saw a lot. I mean, it was weird because I saw that he was inactive, like not just being benched, but like inactive. Healthy scratch. Healthy scratch, just like how Gruden did AP week one. But oh, no. <laughs> flashback, flashback Friday. Ah! Uh, <laughs> um, but and then literally like five minutes later, this video of him like walking in the stadium with his duffel bag, his beats on, like ready to play. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this like he didn't even know. I was like, this is awkward. This like, like, does he does he know yet? Does, I mean, I don't think it? he did because I would not have been. I would have stayed on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, all right, cool, free paycheck. Zap all the fans up as I'm inactive. Yeah, uh, but like that's just what everyone was saying, and then like some, some I saw somewhere someone was talking about like his game checks. Like, really, the only reason he was playing is because of that. I don't know, but nonetheless, he got the he he got the start, but he really didn't play much the entire game. Like, he was I, a hell of a special teams player. He put in <laughs> just an outstanding amount of effort on that field goal, man. That I saw it live. Dance. <laughs> <laughs> ready to go uh but uh speaking of a little bit of the pregame antics uh one of the guys who was no- uh, noted as an entering the stadium a little later than everybody else was haskins uh those guys over at nbc washington mitch tesler tweeted something about how Dwayne rolled up late and uh he was there a lot later than all the other guys who normally come in especially starting quarterbacks just a little bit of a caveat for that haskins was outside signing autographs forever i i mean forever and he still, by no means, was late to the to the stadium for the game. He was simply because anybody who goes has been to FedEx Square knows that where they park all the buses and stuff, whether you're home or away, you know the players come out and kind of talk to the fans at the buses and you know sign autographs, take pictures, you know. And and if that makes Dwayne a bad leader by any means, then I guess you know crucify him. But I mean, I really don't see how he 
he's getting criticized for literally just talking to the fans who are still coming out to a one and nine football team and showing that they're passionate. Yeah, I saw the uh, video from coming in like quote unquote later than usual, and I didn't think anything of it. And then I saw the picture later that he was signing autographs, and I was like, all right, like I'm I'm even more cooler about it. Like people. I saw Mitch put it up. People were roasting him. Like, oh, my God. Chris Baker came at his throat about it. Yeah. I was like, dang, that's – I mean, I don't know what time quarterbacks get to the freaking stadium. I yeah, was... I'm not – I'm no expert. But, I mean, when you have former players, especially, you know, guys who have no business – I wouldn't say no business, but have no reason to be defending the team that released them like that. And he was, he was going in Mitch's throat. I love Mitch to death. But, I mean, you know, I, I feel like they didn't have this kind of – energy quote-unquote with um with, with case you know like I, I don't feel like they were that critical with case i felt like the narrative with most of the dc media going into case losing his job was just he hasn't done enough to lose his job he hasn't done enough to lose his job you, you can't be overly analytical of every little thing Dwayne does when it's it's not hurting anybody and, and and quite frankly at this point in the season he's the reason people are coming to games if case keenan was still a starting quarterback i would have hated oh, to see heck no. nobody I hated to see the turnout for that it would have been absolutely abysmal. Yeah, no, there's there's no way to sell tickets if Case or even Colts quarterbacking. Because what are you like? What are you watching for? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's they're not playing for anything. Colt couldn't even find Terry when they were when he played against the freaking Patriots. Couldn't find him at all. Yeah, I just I don't know, man. I I think it's a good point what you said. Like people were so quick to defend Case for whatever reason, but they're so quick to just nail Haskins at the smallest little things. And I think maybe the smallest pretty, pretty big at it too. Yeah, I mean the kid's learning, man. He's twenty two years old. I mean, I'd like to see anybody who has it all figured out at twenty two years old. So. Yeah, like I said, with that and the young guys, you know, obviously with Geis and Terry, I think that's the one thing fans are looking forward to the most right now. Is just like, what do we have to look forward to in the future? Like, what are we evaluating right now? Yeah, and, and let's not undersell Terry McLaurin here. This kid, in my opinion. If the top 100 comes around this year and he's not on that list, I will be just flabbergasted. I, I I have no idea how you could even not put him on this list at this point. I mean, some people may state that's a bold claim, but if Earl Thomas is already out here saying that, you know, whoever plays us in the Super Bowl is screwed, then why is it crazy to say that a rookie wide receiver on the Redskins having almost 700 yards throughout the span of games he's played, it, it's outlandish to say that he's a top 100 player in this league. He is a top 100 player in this league. I and, think so. I don't, and I can't think of like a uh... – off like a offensive rookie that's outperforming him really. Absolutely not. I mean, he's nowhere near in the MVP conversation. But no. when it comes to when it comes to rookies having a dynamic impact on their team, I can I couldn't tell you many more than Terry that are doing what they're doing right now, doing what he's doing right now. No, and then I know uh, Darius Slay went on Twitter after the game and talked about how hard it was to defend Terry, saying like he's legit. He's probably the best I faced this year, and I mean that's pretty pretty big kudos because Slay's seen some uh some good wide receivers. He's been around the league for a little while and. Uh, he's been to the Pro Bowl also, um, so that was just high kudos. I was glad to see we got some kind of some kind of kudos. Um, but yeah, going into the game, this was to me it was it was just a must win for morale because if you lose this one at home to Jeff Driscoll, then everyone's just scratching their head like you you people are going to start having that should we take to a conversation at some point, and wh- whether it's true or not, or whether it's necessary or not, you know people are are going to start you know grabbing at different straws, trying to wonder what it is to fix. You know, th- this is one of those games when you look at it on paper, do the circumstances, and like you said, Driscoll playing, you, you need to win this game, yeah. period. Yeah, I mean, it just looks bad. If, I mean, they don't have a running back. Bo Scarborough, they signed like two weeks ago. He's their starter. 
And like you said, they're on the third quarterback with Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, they have some solid wide receivers and stuff, but at the end of the day, there's just no reason to lose to this team. And uh, kind of saw that on things. You're at home. I mean, th- there's just too many factors into this that to where to say that the Redskins didn't have pretty much every advantage they could going in. So, but we, when we uh, when me and Emma got our seats, uh, we literally walked in as Dwayne was fumbling. No, no exaggeration. <laughs> so you missed our Wilson fumble recovery. We literally walked in as it happened. So. It didn't look like a very promising start. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. And said, nope. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is, this is fantastic. <laughs> but thank God um, we are having a historically awful season for kickers in the NFL. Even It's even affecting Matt Prater at this point. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to me, I was, I was watching the beginning of the game, and I was like, all right, sweet. Like, Sims had a nice little return. And like I said, that fumble, I was just like, gosh, like, here we go. But Matt Prater, he's been pretty legit his whole career. Pretty to me, I'd say it's a chip shot for him. Thirty-nine yard. Play. Absolutely, that dude's broke pretty much every record you can. I yeah. mean, it's crazy. He was he was the best. He was Tim Tebow's quarterback basically in Denver when he was, you know, back when Tebow Tebow mania was a thing. He was he was the one kicking those damn sixty-one yard field goals <laughs> to win those games because Tebow couldn't even get them past the forty. Yeah, I think speaking of field goal kickers, I think Kai Forbath just signed with the Patriots yesterday too. Oh God, I was like, whoa. Bag. What a throwback. <laughs> Dude, young Hoku's MVP, man. I keep talking about that Falcons game, but just three, <laughs> freaking three onsides in a row. That is That's crazy. Insane. Yeah. But um, one thing I noticed early in this game was that something that people, I feel like, were very – they undersold a lot the draft process was Dwayne's mobility. That is something that you see a lot throughout this game that really saved us in a lot of instances where we needed to get third and long and – his legs picked up the necessary yards for us. He had a big, he had a really nice run on third and 10 early in the game where he just climbed up the pocket, just bolted. And he's a big dude, man. Haskins is not somebody, you know, I know he's got a baby face, but I mean, he's not somebody that I would run and try to mess up. Like, he, you got to hit that guy right. He's freaking humongous. Yeah, no, I mean, he's like a Ben Roethlisberger size. Like, Ben Roethlisberger is like a sloppy big, <laughs> but I'd say Haskins is like a, like a legit, like, athletic big guy, especially as a as a quarterback, you don't really see size that big. That's kind of something people talked about going into the draft was the size. But oh yeah, nonetheless, he's definitely got some mobility. Yeah, and I mean, early in this game, Terry and Kelvin Harmon were just—I mean, they were getting oh. open for him, man. I—I I, I swear, us who you know, hardcore Redskins fans, follow the team, follow the draft process, follow pretty much everything that we're allowed to see. You know, for us to see these young guys come out and flourish like they did on Sunday, and for me to see it in person, dude, it was, it was euphoric. Like it was. Just seeing Terry McLaurin just absolutely just divide defenders at every given moment, and to see probably the best catch I think I've seen in a live football game ever since I've oh, yeah. been on this earth. Oh my god, that one hander was nuts. I put a hand, I put a uh, video of it on Instagram, man. And I, 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 I'm stunned that I didn't throw my phone 400 feet <laughs> in the air when it happened because I, I was not expecting that. I try to have stuff ready, like the camera on standby in case something crazy happens, but like I was not under the impression that he was about to Odell the damn ball. On the left sideline, it, it, dude. That I'll tell you what. That moment alone got the fans going, man. Yeah. Got them going. He and, reminds me of like a possession guy, kind of like Pierre Garcon, maybe like a little more athletic, but just great hands. Like he can just go up and get it. Yeah, man. It just to have a possession guy and then a speed guy like um like Terry, man. I, we've already got two really good wide receivers that contrast each other. And like you said with Stevie Sims earlier, man, that freaking kickoff return was absolutely insane. I couldn't even see it, dude. Oh my god, there was like. 
freaking rows of fans in front of me, and everybody just jumped up the second he, <laughs> he hit the second he hit 93 miles per hour on the sideline. He was gone, and I tell you, man, that that got the sideline going away. I hadn't seen it all year, man. Sometimes you just need that that spark on your team to just get everybody going, get the blood pumping, you know, make everybody feel like they're playing for something. And and I, I'm really I'm really happy for Stevie, you know, undrafted free agent, you know, somebody that I feel like we've actually been kind of appreciating a lot more lately. Put him in a lot of different packages. You know, he finally took the return job away from Trey Quinn. Yeah, he has uh, taken long the... overdue. Yeah, but like I don't know, like he needs more. Like, and I know like he has he's fumbled or he's muffed a couple times this season. That's why they don't want to put him on punts because if you muff a punt, it's not going to end well. Absolutely. But still, like Trey Quinn just runs backwards and like does like six spin moves and like loses eight yards. He's like, all right, cool, 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 like. That was a good return. Like, no, Quinn, you suck. You're going the wrong way. Every Dude, time. he messes up the same route every single time. It's always like this out route to the sideline where either it hits him in the hands, he doesn't catch it, or he's too damn short to catch it. And I know I have no room to be talking about verticality, but, you know, you're an NFL <laughs> wide receiver, man, and, you know, your rookie's relying on you to be that guy that gets those catches. And this – I don't know, man. Trey's just kind of sticking out like a sore thumb right now, and I never thought I'd say that. Yeah, he just – I mean, even, like I said last week, when, when that interception happened, he just, like, runs to the biggest crowd and, like, hides and then acts like he's going to make a play on the ball. And he's like, ah, man, I missed it. But, yeah, man. Ever since okay. he did the freaking dance off the office last season, I can't remember much he's done ever since. Oh, <laughs> the scar. Uh, oh, that's it. I didn't want to butcher it because my girlfriend would probably throw something at me since uh, I'm such a, she's such a big office fan. So Absolutely. Same here. Um, but – like I said, Sims brought that spark, and we definitely needed something to get us into the game, especially after, like, the fumble and, you know, just, like, the field goal. is like, all right, it's going to be another slow-paced game. And he was actually – I think he was, yeah, NFC Special Teams Player of the Week, too. Shout out. Yeah. I can't remember the last time that's happened for a return yeah. man for us. Whenever – I guess whenever we had Deshaun Jackson, probably. Yeah. It was the last actual return we've ever had. Uh, but – Lions drive down the field and Fabian Moreau finally. Oh my God! This was this was a freaking this was a coming out game for Fabian, man. Yeah. I don't think anybody expected him to play the way he did. He just I, used, I, I don't care him, the circumstances. He played his ass off. Yeah, I used to call him Fabian No Mo Moreau, but, <laughs> no Mo. <laughs> but I put that to the side because yeah, yeah, Fabian, um, you're 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 off the shit list. You're, you're off the shit list. His hand, like you just see like an arm come out of the grave of Fabian. Yeah, Moreau. I think <laughs> last week we were like, why is this dude even still on the team? And now he just comes out playing like Marcus Lattimore and shit. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was I was surprised because like I said, he's been pretty bad all season. But it was like a legit interception to like do you think this is a coincidence that this happens when josh norman isn't on the field or what are are your thoughts on that Mm, that's that's a good point uh i don't think it's a coincidence i think he's rolling's like he knows how to play like he's more of like an outside corner like he can stick with the man and like play he's got the speed yeah josh norman just says all right i'm gonna give you a 15 yard cushion and just bubble (laughs) yeah josh's like look you're gonna get yours man i just gotta wrap you up make it look like i'm trying (laughs) fabian's like i will freaking imitate every single movement your body makes and close in on you at 67 miles per hour so yeah he like he ran his route and he literally was on the inside like he was the receiver and just got up and got it um i i mean honestly we both know that josh norman's gone Oh, it's it's a it's predetermined at this point. Apparently, Callahan and um, 
uh, who else? I think it was Callahan and Allen met with him earlier in the week and basically told him that he was he was pretty much done starting for the rest of the year. And he was like, Josh handles it like a professional. And then you see him on the PATs looking like, you know, he's asleep standing up. So, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't care probably. Cause no, he doesn't care. He, he, he robbed us blind and did nothing. So, I mean. million dollars. Yeah, he doesn't care. He's going to go vault some bulls this summer and be on a different team. You know, whatever. But, I, I mean, I think it's kind of weird to say, but it looked like we had an upgrade this past Sunday at least with Josh Norman off the field. Um, but after that, one one drive that people have been really critical of was Haskins missing Terry Deep. Oh, I, yeah, that was actually on my notes. I, I literally just saw that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, completely, you know, ride the Dwayne Haskins train because at the end of the day, he, the kid's got some stuff he needs to address. I mean, Terry McCorn is – absolutely embarrassing all pro corners every single week to the point where I think Haskins missed him on pretty much walk-in touchdowns about two or three times. Oh. Yeah, he, he missed him on one, and he missed Sims on um, another one, like, right after that on a, in the end zone. But So that brings up one thing. Like, usually when Haskins misses, it's been well known that he misses, like, high. Sometimes, I mean, most of his interceptions have kind of come, like, either on out routes or he's been high, like, against the Vikings. He got picked off when he overthrew uh, Terry. But after the game, he said his wrist was, like, sore or whatever. A lot of people are saying that's a cop-out. I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. That's, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what do you what do you think? Do you think it's, like – he says he's fine, like, the next day. But <laughs> I mean, look, the guy's only had a couple starts under his belt. I, I don't think that we're at the point now where we should expect literal perfect chemistry from him. And, I mean, at the end of the game, he made he made, you know, he made it right. Found Terry at the end of the game, put some field goal position to win. Okay. And, you know, he let a game-winning drive. I mean, to me, that redeems it. I mean, let me ask you a question. Would you rather Dwayne throw for 400 yards, six touchdowns, and we lose, or would you rather him have kind of an up-and-down game but put together a drive that wins the game for us? I, I mean, mean he, if he throws 400 yards and six touchdowns, we better not fucking lose. I mean, it's happened. It's happened. <laughs> it's happened. Crazier things have happened. I mean, I would just rather him throw for 300 for three and have a more safer cushion to win the game, or at least allow the defense to get a stop to win the game. Yeah, I but, mean, you know, him him being able to find the, issue, the end zone has been an issue. I mean, he's missing guys that are open. But, I mean, if you, if we're getting to the point now where he's 10-plus games in his, into his career and he's missing guys he, – and he's missing Terry in the end zone like that, that's that's a problem. And that's something that you got to start addressing. But we don't have a Kyle Shanahan or a – you know, Sean McVay at the helm right now. We got, We've got we got a guy who looks like he is dementia coaching our, <laughs> coaching our team. And he's like, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Speaking of the run game, weak sauce. Dude. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Bo Scarbo had freaking 98 yards. I think we had like 40 combined between AP and guys. So, Bo, Bo Scarbo, shout out to Bo, Alabama, hey. 98 yards. Literal mutant. <laughs> Jeff Driscoll had double the rushing yards that Darius Geis. Oh no! Oh, that's not a set I wanted to hear. Ow! Oh god! Oh, he had sixty-three on four, on nine rushes for sixty-three yards. Darius Geis had ten for thirty-two, so he was one sh- one yard short of being double. But still, that's terrible. Adrian Pearson ten rushes for twenty-seven yards. That's just abysmal. Awful. You've got a stout running back core, and that's the best you can produce with a head coach. You could literally he would snort run game if it were a drug I so mean, 20 carries for 69 yards nice but i mean that's bad especially against like the lions like i 
their defense, their run defense is just corny. <laughs> Frankly, it's corny. Their best guy is named Snacks. Yeah, and his <laughs> and he waddled to the sideline like four times during this game. He was not healthy. No, I mean, they had a lot of people that were out, but to me, yeah. I mean, with that, like you said, it doesn't help Haskins at all. It puts a lot of pressure on him. Like you've got to make something happen because you're running the ball and picking up two yards whenever you do. So yeah, but, that does not help Dwayne at all. In the O line, I I want to say they had a good game. I know Eric Flowers had a good game. I know Sheriff had a pretty solid game. There wasn't any huge like last week. Plays called back because of uh, offensive line messed up. I felt like we were, you know, we cut down on penalties during this game. We gave Haskins a, a pretty decent amount of time to deliver the ball. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were still times where he was getting hit with tag team finishers. But, um, <laughs> but I mean. Those, those are some bad plays. Like, yeah, he was like getting just gold plastered on some of those hits. But, um, you know, if we're going to talk about people that did play well on the other side of the spectrum, I thought the defense played very good. I, I thought that they, for, for as much as they were on the field, and I, I'm throwing out the whole, but it was the Lions, you know, thing. I'm throwing that out of there because at the end of the day, this team dropped 30 points on the freaking Cowboys, and, that, and they're on America's Game of the Week every single week, and we're being told that they're going to the playoffs every other day. So, I mean, I don't want to hear that. It's the NFL. Everyone's good. Some people just have more talent than others. I mean, point blank in the story. But, you know, like I said, I thought the offensive line played well. Um I'll tell you who else had kind of a coming out game. It was freaking Montez Sweat. He was on Driscoll's ass Yeah. every time the ball snapped. He had a QB hurry really early that forced him to kick a field goal. He had a uh, forced fumble. I, I don't know his overall stat line, but he played his ass off. And that's really cool because this, it was actually against the team that was more than likely supposed to draft him because they really followed Montez throughout the process. But due to his heart condition, you know, they were kind of hesitant on him. And then, you know, History says we, you know, traded up, got him. So, but you know, this was one of those games where it showed me I'm, I'm pretty glad we got Montez. You know, it's, it's very day and night with pass rushers. They don't always have great games, but it was really good to see Montez in the quarterback's face whole game. Yeah, it's somebody we've been kind of harping on lately, and a lot of people have been scratching their heads out, like, what, what's this guy doing? Um, but defense stepped up big time this game. I mean, Driscoll got sacked six times through three interceptions. Like, the only thing he really did well was run on his feet, which, I mean, it's at the end of the day, you're going to give up some plays like that. But overall, the defense looked a lot better. I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. Holding hold them to 16 points. If you look, they just put work in against the Bears yesterday with freaking undrafted quarterback from Purdue, uh, Blow. Yeah, so, that's his name. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> um. Cole Holcomb had a pretty solid day after we spit-roasted him last week on the pod. Yep. Good for him. Looking like he might be a solid complimentary piece with uh, Ruben Foster once he returns. Um, I'll tell you a little funny thing I saw live. Um, Normally when Ryan Kerrigan gets sacks um, at FedEx, they'll start playing the Shawn Michaels music because, you know, his whole HBK celebration. I know Miles Garrett's the one who's actually owning that trademark at the moment, but everybody knows that that was a kind of a Kerrigan thing. Um, (laughs) Ioannidis actually got a sack early in this game, and they started playing the Shawn Michaels music and then cut it off like a minute through it. I was like, it was, I was like that was so cringy. Oh, my God. that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just stand up like, what the hell are you guys playing that for? I, I sacked him. Yeah, then the fans were screaming, Kerrigan. I was like, that was I, Nidus. What are you talking about? He's, he's, he's twice as big as Kerrigan. Yeah. Number 98. <laughs> like, what the hell, man? I would have laughed. He just broke the post anyways. He's like, fuck it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> um, 
yeah, dude, it was a great day for a lot of people on the team who are going to be here next year and are kind of, you know, building blocks. Um, speaking of Kerrigan, um, breaking news, I, I think it was broke about maybe 30 minutes ago before we started recording this on a Friday afternoon. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan uh, ruled out for Sunday, uh, 139 starts in a row. He got absolutely executed <laughs> by the Lions. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should not be laughing at this as hard as I am, but – I was at the game, and I know this is a little late in the game, but I got to tell this story. So I'm standing there, and I'm watching the play develop. I think it was a Bo Scarborough run. I can't tell you exactly what happened because I was so focused on Kerrigan. I saw him coming around the edge. and Do you know who hit him? I don't remember offhand, honestly. I want to say it was the fullback, the tight end, but I've never seen Kerrigan get hit that hard. His face mask literally broke. You yeah. can hear it break from from the stands. I was I was weak. He got up, he was walking over there, just Ooh. I mean, he looked like he was just dazed. I know I shouldn't be laughing at someone getting a concussion, but just just see, I, it's like he never thought in a million years that guy could have hit him that hard. It was it was it was bizarre. And but you know, sucks for Kerry to miss that game this Sunday against Carolina. Another game that could possibly be a uh, morale boost for us. But uh, back to the game. Um, I'll tell you one thing. Sprinkle ain't it, Chief. I, we, we need I don't, I don't a tight end. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. I just can't. And that's, that's like, our biggest need, probably. Because, like, if you look at our offense in the past, who's been the busy, biggest success on the field? Like, especially scoring. It was always Jay Reed. Yeah. Guys getting dying on the cross for our sins. I mean, he was getting obliterated because he was, like, our he was our X factor, man. You can't like Haskins needs somebody that can like that's big that can score in the end zone, and we've said it before like all he has right now is Terry. Paul Richardson's not going to score in the end zone. Trey Quinn's going to get killed in the middle if he tries to catch. Something. Yeah. Oh my God! Don't even put him in that situation. It's so bad. Like I, it makes me wish that we would have made that Browns trade like every. Like, well, it's not okay. If there's anything that I was thinking, and it was interesting because we were playing against the guy I thought we should have taken with the Montez pick. But who, TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, I feel like the I feel like the tight end was kind of a need for us. I feel like we were well aware of Jordan Reed's circumstances and it's something we shouldn't have been ignoring. I feel like there were plenty of tight ends in this draft that, you know, we could have slid in and picked one. I mean, a lot of people would have said, Oh, then we wouldn't have got Haskins. Well, if you're willing to trade for Montez, I feel like you could have made something happen if you wanted Hawkinson or Font. But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I feel like that's definitely something that we need to address this this offseason for sure. Yeah, dude, they don't even use him that much either. No, at all. I mean, freaking Logan Thomas caught a touchdown. I was getting ready to say, speaking of tight ends, former Tech quarterback, Logan Freeman. Speaking of Tech, L. Oh, my gosh. L. God, dude. Wahoo wah. Shout out to UVA. (laughs) Tech with a passion. Sorry for all the Tech fans. I know we have Tech fans listening to the pod. but I'm not sorry. Go Irish. It's been yeah. 15 years. Like, good, yeah, like, come on, man. Let him win one. Jesus yeah. Christ. My friend was, like, suicidal. If UVA <laughs> Dude's like, you're going to hang himself off the damn goalpost. <laughs> I'll end it all. It's, it's bound for it. I mean, UVA's gone through a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's funny because I just told you that uh, me and my girlfriend just got a PS4 last night and we got Madden. And literally the first thing I did, I was like, I'm trading Trent Williams. <laughs> oh, dude, I was I literally traded him to the Patriots within like five minutes of playing it. I literally traded him to the Browns for David Njoku, and I got Mac Wilson. Shout out to my boy Mac. How, how easily did they accept that trade is what I want to know. It was actually kind of tough. I had to throw in like a fifth rounder. It pissed me off. But oh, wow, a fifth rounder. I I, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight, out. Josh, knowing that. Oh, geez. It's, well, it says he's out for the season regardless, Trent Williams. So I was like, screw it. 
Yeah, exactly. George Reed too, because he's pretty much dead to me. <laughs> yeah, um, it's same. I, dude, I literally when I play on there now, I literally put all the people except for Ruben Foster, because God knows he's just he's a monster at middle linebacker when you start him. I mean, he's just fast, good tackler, everything. But I mean, even Sean Deion Hamilton, Cole Holcomb are, are pretty fast. You know, as long as you're using the linebackers, you'll, you'll have some speed there. But like you said, you know, I, I'm the same way when I play Madden. I try to make it realistic because, dude, it feels like I'm playing with the ghost of Madden past when I play with the <laughs> It feels like a completely different team. Dude, I was like, Alex Smith, who's that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, I literally, like, put him down like a 12 overall and just released him. I, like, looking at him made me sad. I was like, Jake Gruden, who the hell left him back in the front office? Oh, God, I, I forgot he existed until you just said his name. Know. God, I've already burned him out of my memory. I was like, if, if we actually had an interim coach right now, I'd, like, create him, but it's not worth it. Cause yeah, it's well, no, knowing us, we're going to let KFC walk in the building. He's going to go win coach of the year in Cincinnati or something next year. I don't think so. I don't even know who we're going to hire. But anyways. That's a whole other pod. That's, Lord, that's, that's a trench we don't want to go down. But yeah. nonetheless, we had the halftime lead, 13 to 6. I was kind of hyped. Oh, uh, uh, dude, we were losing our damn minds. I mean, there was Lion fans at the beginning, you know, let's go Lions. You know, the, before, the poor defeated Redskins fans are sitting there flinching at the thought of losing another game at home. But then <laughs> when we took that lead at halftime, and I'm telling you, that kickoff return and just to see the offense kind of stay above water and be able to move the chains, was it was really inspiring. It, 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 it's probably the best FedEx has, had felt since, you know, I was at the Texans game last year. I'm not saying that because I was there. I'm saying that because that was pretty much the last time we had a glimpse of hope going into a game so i'll tell you another guy that i'm not really noticing that's missing a lot and this isn't a knock on him is uh i'm not really noticing a lot about chris thompson being gone you know i, I feel like guys has kind of filled that slot or what are your thoughts yeah, on that? i mean i mean yeah he's been out for a little while but like i feel like receiving wise we could definitely use him but like i said guys has caught a bunch i mean his first touchdown was a huge screen um, but like you said, honestly, it's not, I'm not really, I'm not really miss him. <laughs> I, I don't either. And you know, this being a contract year for him, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the things are lining up at the right time. And I feel like the front office knows that and it's nothing against Chris Thompson. I mean, but he was a Jay Gruden guy, man. Oh, dude, You're... we said it, what was it like four or five weeks ago? I think it was like after the bears game, we were talking about like players that need to go. And we were, we both said that we would, didn't care like if Chris Thompson goes because, like, one, he, he hasn't had a full season because of his injuries. No. Two, like I said, it's his contract year. We're not going to pay him more. No. And we've got freaking guys. AP will be around for another year at least. Bryce Love will probably draft someone late this year. So, like, and, like, we're we're seeing right now that we're fine without him. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel like we've got enough to keep us, you know, and, and if anything, we can go draft somebody. But, like I said, it wasn't really a slap at Chris Thompson, but, you know, it's just a name that – and I heard he was practicing this week. Good for him. I'm glad he's getting back into health. And I know he's had a rough season with the loss of his grandmother and everything, and, you know, that's that's horrible. But, you know, that's another guy that, you know, at the end of the day, football's financial decisions, and it's a business. Everybody knows that. So, yeah. But, so you know, back to the game, you said we're up 13-6 at half. I want to go get yeah. some $30 beer, came back. Ah. Um, <laughs> was, it like a, was it like a 40? <laughs> Dude, I, you, you'd be surprised. <laughs> that's one thing i've never understood is concessions i will say like i went to the falcon stadium and like they they preach about like how the concessions like so cheap it really is like i got like a full course like thanksgiving meal for like six bucks are you kidding me Dude, i paid like 24 dollars just for like freaking chicken tenders and fries oh my god that no literally sick. literally a large soda like in the souvenir cup was three dollars and then that like, makes a, me want to throw up I, and oh my like god four chicken tenders and like a large fries was like four bucks and then i got like I'm, i mean i eat a lot 
And then I got a large slice of pizza later for like $2. All right, you're making me mad. Move on. Like, it was legit. I was Stop like, it. No. Stop I was it. Like, more people need to do this. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the only damn way the Redskins are making money at this point. God knows it's not from anything else. But like hey, you said. Shout out to, uh, I just saw this, Adam Schefter. Uh, Cardinals DB Josh Shaw suspended for all next year for apparently betting on their NFL games. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm a betting guy. Sometimes you just can't help it. If you dude, know. didn't Michael Kendricks from Seattle get, like, some inside, in trouble for, like, insider trading or something? I think so. But, I mean, I've never seen, like, a player actually bet on, like – I mean, he was probably betting against the Cardinals because it sucked. But, uh <laughs> $50, Kyle Amari gets 100 rushing yards. Kyle Amari. You should know that. <laughs> That's probably exactly what he said. Kyle But shout out to him. Sometimes you just can't uh, – Pass on a good bet. <laughs> oh my God! You're... <laughs> we do not promote gambling. Jesus uh, Christ! If you're addicted, it's not good. But <laughs> I mean, that's just a gateway. <laughs> what are you talking about? But look, just bet... stop, stop. You, look, if you want to join Bovada, let me know. I got a link. I can get a referral bonus. <laughs> so... Oh my God! Shut the hell up! I don't need the FBI raiding my house during my next freaking pod. All right, one thing I can bet on is that uh, Cam Newton's probably not going to be a Panther ever again. I mean, I, you ask Panthers fans, and they're delusional about it. Oh, my God. Cam Newton, he's going to be in Chicago next year. I mean, that's honestly best for the NFL when the Bears are good, and, you know, Cam's probably going to be playing better there. I mean, it's going to be cold as hell. He's going to get arthritis, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I he's hope he gets a chance, man. And uh, scarves to cover up, so he'll be fine. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> dude, I hate him so much. Uh, Scam, if you're listening, I hate you, dude. I no, wish- my, okay, all right, we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> I wish I wish he was playing because we, we tore them cheeks up last year, but um, I wish he was playing this week. Just- we got to play against the GOAT, Kyle Allen. Give me a <sighs> tough one. Yeah, they started kind of hot, but they're looking pretty bad now. Oh, yeah, they've lost some tough ones in the last couple weeks. I got a buddy at work, a big Panthers fan, and he's – I swear if they let Cam go, he is going to literally cry. I mean, he's going to be all torn up about it. But, you know, not to completely disregard this game, but, you know, the, the Carolina's still got some weapons, man. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, Derry Sanders going off. Absolute savage. DJ Moore. I mean, like you said, Christian McCaffrey's a beast. Oh, yeah. MVP front runner, if you ask me. Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's I think that. Lamar is going to eventually drop the ball because, I mean, you know, he's not a literal magician. I mean, he, you would think otherwise when watching him. But anyway, we're up at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> um, come out in the second half, and probably the most uneventful quarter of football ever takes place. I think it just ends up with the Detroit scoring a touchdown. I, can't, I think it was, was the – Thomas. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, this little, got a, I swear, you look at the freaking play by play of this game, it literally looks like a preseason game. It's like, uh, Michael Cornhusker Jr., the third, <laughs> catches an eight yard slant for a touchdown. <laughs> he know McCreeberry. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, oh, Touchdown, but he got three pump penalties, so they brought back the field goal. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, dude, no, it, it it was sloppy. Like, yeah, it was. I, dude, I was I was there live, and I was zoning out. I mean, both teams were stopping each other pretty well. <laughs> Carter, I, Carter took a nap in the third quarter, in case y'all didn't know. Yeah, absolutely, chicken nugget coma. <laughs> but the fourth <laughs> quarter is where it got juicy. So yeah, this 
I'm not gonna lie. I was eating at a uh, Chinese buffet. <laughs> I was watching the hell. I was watching it on my phone. Look, I told you, I live in Panther Country now, so I can't watch the Redskins games legally. And I'm not gonna promote my illegal legally, website that I watch the games Jesus on. Jesus Christ, you've been shady on this pod. <laughs> I'm not buying Game Pass to rewatch replays. That's what. You it's like awesome. Do. We lost again. Eighty dollars. Thanks, bitch. <laughs> can't wait to spend it. But yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, this looks like it's gonna be a fun game. So going into the fourth quarter, how did it feel at the stadium? What were you thinking? Like, did it feel like another Redskins game or what? Well, what I will say, um, to skip forward a lot, probably save everybody a little bit of time and talk about what everybody actually wants to hear. Um, Haskins got the ball back. I think they were tied up. I want to say when he got the ball, not their final drive, but the drive before last, where mm-hmm. uh, Detroit went up by three. Yeah. Or, or I can't quite remember the score, but um. It was 13-13, and then they went up three, and then he threw the pick. Then uh, Yeah, the pick. The, yeah, around that time. So, the pick. Once he threw the pick, I, I, I hate to throw Skins fans under the bus, but, I mean, this was Skins and Lions fan. Everybody started leaving. I mean, you know, even the freaking Dallas Cowboys fans were leaving last night when they were getting clapped by good old JL. But, um, you know, everybody started leaving. Everybody's like, you know, Haskins sucks. I heard some unseasoned mayonnaise person screaming – Put Colt in. <laughs> I literally almost got arrested. I wanted, to fight that I wanted to fight that guy. I, I was like, is, oh, is he being God. for real right now? Is that is that a real statement coming out of your mouth? So is the Colt defense. Even, does Colt even have a number still? I I didn't even know he still came to games. I haven't seen him. To me, he's like a freaking Civil War ghost or something. That's like, like the old-fashioned fans that are like, just put, put Jason Campbell back in. Mark Burnell, we still got Mark. Put him in. Like, no. Put in Josh Beck. <laughs> I mean, it's, no. but, you know, everybody around us was leaving. Everybody's like, whatever. Burn out the rest of the clock so we can all go home, get a decent, you know, get ahead of traffic. I, on the other hand, kind of had a feeling because, you know, my girl was kind of the same way. She was like, well, does that mean the game's over? I was like, well, I was like, <laughs> if you want to be honest, I, I was like, if you want to be honest with you, I was like, lines are some cheeks. And uh, I feel like if we get the ball back and we hold them to three, or whatever, as long as we don't let them score and we get the ball back, we've got a chance. I mean, as long as Terry McLaurin's on the field, you got a chance. That's kind of how I felt. So I was like, look, you know, let's wait this out. I feel like I feel like this game's going to be interesting. So a bunch of people around us started leaving. But as soon as we got the ball back and we started freaking moving, dude, FedEx got crazy. I mean, a lot of people couldn't even get out when they wanted to get out. So they were literally walking up the stairs. And then Haskins gets that huge freaking run. To convert on third down, he get he has that huge completion to AP, huge completion to uh, I think it was Kelvin. Once he started moving the chains, man, everybody was getting riled up. So I mean, it was it was amazing to be around. I was one of those people getting riled up, man. I was I was happy to see it, man, because no matter what the circumstances are, whether it's playoff football or not, or you know you're above five hundred, below five hundred, for him for Haskins to be in a situation like that where he has to you know put together a two minute drill, drive down the field, and w- put his team either to win the game or in position to win the game to see him, you know, you know, convert on third downs and put the ball where it needs to go was huge, man. I felt like it was very, very crucial to his development. So I was very happy with it. And that was probably the highlight of the game for me was that final drive. Yeah. So big shout out to Dunny for getting the pick. Oh my God. I erupted. Absolutely erupted. Quentin Dunbar, in my opinion, we're talking about top 100 players. Quentin Dunbar is just, I I don't know how he isn't on that list this year. I really don't. I mean, the guy that he's lined off, Lined up across from, he makes plays, period. Yeah, he's a Pro Bowl vote for sure. Um, I've been voting for him because he definitely deserves it. 
But after that, I was like, all right, like we got really good chance to do this. And like you said, the biggest the biggest play to me is one has to like I said that that run was beautiful, and then Terry just going up up a ladder and just pulling that uh, pass down was beautiful. And like that right there, like showed me exactly what we have in Terry. And uh, that, yeah, dude, that's like that chemistry that we've been waiting for, kind of too. Oh yeah. And then after that, they went to the sideline and and you and uh, they zoomed in on Terry and Dwayne dapping each other up, and, and you could see Terry mouth the words, "Shit's about to change around here. Shit's about to change around here." And you know that's what us hardcore Redskins fans are just foaming at the mouth to see is just a culture build itself within this just complete catacombs of what was you know, used to be a great Redskins franchise. So that was, I mean, I will say, you know, Terry absolutely torched Darius Slay on a pretty much game-winning touchdown, and Dwayne missed him. But like I said, I'd rather Dwayne make the throws he needs to make. Not saying that's not one of them, but I'm glad that he was able to, you know, right his wrongs and, you know, end up putting his team in position to score. Shout out to Dustin Hopkins. I know everybody's very critical of him, but – in a league where kickers, like we said earlier, are just at an all-time low, it's, it's nice to see a guy be consistent. Yeah, and like you said, shout out to Hopkins. And if if he doesn't make that, like if we don't win this game, I think it's a much different talk. Oh, my God, dude. It's, it but, would, it would have been demoralizing. I mean, you know I was pretty critical the whole game, like with Haskins. Oh, yeah, you were very critical going. I was, I was almost overly optimistic. I feel like you and I were on very opposite ends of the spectrum. I know after we won, you were like, Oh, you're just living in the moment. But no, dude, like, look, you know, sitting back and looking at it, I feel like even you kind of saw that this this win was a lot bigger than people want to make it out to be, you know? Like, I feel like everybody's like, well, you should be losing these games if you want to get Chase Young. Look, man, you know, at the end of the day, we're just going to take the best player on the board. Yep. You know, we've got more than one need. Chase Young, while he would be a game changer, I don't feel like – I feel like winning these games like this and giving Haskins confidence to show that – to show even himself that he can win – you know, it's, it's a lot more important just because of how important the quarterback position is in, gen- in general in the NFL. Oh, I absolutely agree. I, I didn't want us winning games if Haskins wasn't starting, but as soon as he started getting the start, I was like, as soon as they said he's a starter for the rest of the season, I was like, all right, I'm cool with winning games now because we have something that we're trying to prove. Like, we're building off of it. Um, but I'm not going to talk about the post-game stuff too much just because it's pretty much nonsense with the whole selfie thing. Yeah, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll talk a little bit about it. I mean, you know, the game – the game ends with, uh, I think it was Fabian Murrow getting the second interception of the game. Everybody at FedEx is going nuts. They're playing Bulls on parade. Lions fans were fist fighting. I, I don't know why. <laughs> oh, my God. Those guys are sore losers. Holy crap. Literally, I swear, all I heard from the walk back to my car was, we only lost because we didn't have Matthew Stafford. We didn't have Matthew Stafford. Okay, boo-hoo. We didn't have Alex Smith last year. And the, and the freaking media literally just freaking put us in a – freaking conveyor belt and just punch us all in the face one by one and just <laughs> completely crapped all over our franchise. So I don't want to hear those damn excuses. I don't. Josh Johnson, come on. Figure it out, fat Patricia. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to hear the excuses. We're lucky we didn't have Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders. Yeah, it's like, oh, we didn't have the whole famers on the field. That's why we couldn't score. Whatever. I don't care. You guys are sore losers. Whatever. You know, welcome to our world. It's but just, um, after the game, it's funny to read Case Keenum kneels to Detroit twenty. Oh yeah, Case coming out on the sideline, like you know, coming from the sideline, like a freaking character in Mean Girls, being told <laughs> he's got to take the take the knee. He's like, oh, thanks, Case. Can you take a knee? Because I mean, to be quite frank, that's all you're good for, bud. I mean, you know, don't, don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. So what about the game? Last snap, and 
as a Redskins to just take <laughs> to close out a game. That's what a win feels like, Case. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I did it. I did it. Oh, um, no. But Dwayne's over there hugging his dad, Kevin O'Connell. Um, broke a water bottle. Took a selfie with a fan. Um, this is where the media, we're going to try to paraphrase, suppress this as much as we can, but uh, the media kind of ran away with this because, like we just said, Case Keenum had to go up there and take the final snap in the game because Dwayne Haskins was taking selfies with the fans. Um, first of all, um, I don't care um, at all. Uh, we won a game. Dwayne was happy about it. His first career went home. You know, he let the fans know he was happy about it. He took a picture with a fan who apparently it was the first ever NFL game they've ever been to. And shout out to Kevin Sheenan. You're a weirdo. I was listening to your stuff, and uh, you were saying something along the lines of, you're not a real fan anyway. What does that matter? Why is there, like, what has Dwayne Haskins done to these people, man? I just don't get it. Like, I understand that when he goes to the podium, he's very mild-mannered, and he doesn't, you know, sit there and light up like a Christmas tree. But, you know, he's very cerebral with how he deals with the media. And a lot of people feel like he can't really – he hasn't really earned that right yet due to, you know, our you know success on the field, which hasn't been much. But at the same time, you know, just because he doesn't, you know, sit there and caress and pat the media on the ass all the time doesn't mean that he deserves to sit here and get just bombarded by them over being happy that we won a game. No, I, it doesn't make sense at all because, like you said, he showed some kind of emotion. Like, you, you saw how – It much- means something to him, man. Isn't that what they want? Didn't they say he didn't care enough? Didn't they say he was an entitled little prick? I mean, come on, man. He's he's completely proving wrong the entire narrative that the entire sports media had about him. And when he when he even sh- when he shows them that they're wrong, that's when they all want to just show up in a freaking uproar, man. And don't get me wrong, like I said, I know the kid's inaccurate. I know that you know maybe he's not doing every little thing he can do to really own the job and you know show that he's a franchise quarterback. But I mean, guys making media trips to go see kids in the hospital, man, giving them checks taking pictures with fans after the game, being late to the freaking game. Not even late, but just being a couple minutes over what <laughs> just normally not is expected. Early. Huh? Just not early. Like he, it's not like yeah, he because he was talking to fans, man. Because guess what, NFL? If it wasn't for us, these guys wouldn't be getting paid what they're getting paid. You have to have us to have the product. I'm sorry. That's just the bottom line. They hate to acknowledge that. But at the end of the day, man, I'm never going to be against a, a freaking player, you know, showing love for the fans. Because at the end of the day, man, we spend our hard-earned money to come watch this sorry-ass team lose every week. And to see a guy actually appreciate us coming out and stop for just a moment, because that's all it takes is a moment, just to show a shred of just freaking gratitude for our support. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If anything, I wish a lot of these guys would get off their high horse. No, like you said, if if honestly, if it's not for Haskins and some of these young guys, we're not going to be going to the games. So, no, like, at all. And Thank I thought, you for keeping these fans around, Haskins. Yeah, and I thought you guys wanted him to progress. I thought you wanted him to put together a game-winning drive. I thought you wanted him to show he cares. Now he's doing it, but because of the way he's doing it, people are being overly critical of that. Dude, I'm sick of hearing it. This is not a game where we should have came out and be like, oh, God, we still suck, we still suck, we still suck. Dude, I'm uh, sorry, but if you're an actual fan of this organization and you want us to flourish, you will wish for nothing but just the complete – an utter blossoming of Dwayne Haskins as our franchise quarterback. And this was a step in the right direction, no matter the circumstances. So if you're one of those guys, one of those weirdos that's on Twitter, just getting mad about it. Why are you a fan? I don't understand. I don't get it. Like find something else to complain about. This is not, this is not a podcast where you're going to sit here and listen to us be overly critical of, of winning this game. 
in the grand scheme of things, meant nothing. It was a morale boost. So take it at face value and just move on with it. It's not that deep, bro. We won. Be happy we won. Be happy our quarterback put together a game-winning drive because that's what it's about, and that's what you wanted from him. It is not more complex than that. That's why Cowboys fans are complete mouth breathers. Ignorance is bliss. You know, they're just happy to win. It blew my mind how many fans like actually mad. Like, like I can't believe we just won that game. Like, oh my god, you know what an ugly win. What an ugly win. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? to the god awful Lions. Yeah, exactly. So you guys wanted to lose? Why? So we could get another freaking another freaking player that might you know possibly underperform. Like, I, I don't know, man. I feel like everybody's looking too far in the future, and then they get mad at wasted years. We need to li- start living in the moment and be happy about the moment because our future is right in front of us, and we need to do everything in our power to support it so that it can blossom, like I said, into something great. But but that's going to take our support, period. Absolutely. But, you know, Callahan, straight from the Smithsonian, was wheeled to the podium and said that <laughs> he was disappointed. I'm surprised that they didn't have to explain to him what a selfie was. But, um, gosh. Yeah, I mean, they probably did. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> Who cares? Callahan, <laughs> you're not going to be here next year, okay? We're Keep disappointed in everything you do, okay? Yeah, exactly, dude. You're acting like you're a freaking fan favorite. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like I said, man, you got Dak over there doing the bare minimum, and people are just riding his coattails. And then, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, you got Patrick Mahomes, who's doing too much and freaking going down in the process. I'm happy that we found a happy medium today to where Dwayne didn't have to make all the plays to win. He did enough to win. At the end of the day, winning is all that matters. Look how happy those guys were coming down the tunnel, man. Winning is literally everything. Yeah. I mean, even, like, people say, like, the only thing that can cover up, like, how bad our front office is is, like, actually winning games. And I say absolutely to a certain extent. Like, if if we're not winning games, like, the morale is completely shot. Because our front office isn't going to change. We're not going to get in. No. But no, it's not. You have, it's, what you have right now is you have a young guy who is very passionate about this team, who's very passionate about winning, who wants to win games, and is just completely getting ridiculed by the media every day of his life. So I don't care. I, I tweeted, I was like, I don't care if this guy runs like butt ass naked to the stands with the fans. Like, exactly, dude. He's he could have got drunk and slept at FedEx that night. Yeah, dude. Like, shout li- out to Dwayne. We're living through him. And, you know, I'd rather have a, a solid defense and an offense that's, you know, doing enough to help us win games rather than vice versa. And, you know, quite frankly, all of Dwayne's really bad multiple intercession games came when who was head coach? Yeah, Jay Group, <laughs> and who was he backing up? Like, and what kind of situation was he in? Exactly, we could do an entire Dwayne Haskins. Pod. I feel like we talk about it every damn week, but it just because uh, you guys are weirdos, man. You need to get over it. You need to be happy about it. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you play to win, and when we win, and you're still not happy about it, what's gonna make you happy? And if nothing is gonna make you happy, go find a different team. Because I'm not here to support that bullshit, dude. And like, that's the thing I've asked so many people. I'm like, okay, Dwayne Haskins sucks. What do you do next? Well, I don't know. I just don't think we should have drafted him. Okay, well, we did. Like, what did you want Exactly. To do? You, can't, you can't look at things like that. I said earlier, hindsight's twenty twenty, dude. We've got him. We've got Terry. We have to build off and thrive with what we have and turn it into something great because we have no other option. Or else, what are you rooting for? Like, what are you – just stop being, stop being those people, man. Stop being pessimists. Like, I understand what we're losing. I understand why you're upset. I get it. And don't get me wrong, this has still not been a great season by any means. But in a season where we've had a lot of things go wrong, from one thing to go right, can we at least be happy about that, guys? Come on. They, they I, said, uh, no, this is the first victory podcast I even felt remotely good about. 
Period. Yeah, the Dolphins didn't count. That was like a... No, that was literally... I don't even count that as a win. I don't. That's a participation pod. Yeah, we're not delusional, guys. <laughs> but all we're saying is, is that, you know, we want to see the Redskins win. We're not going to be these guys that sit here and just kick them while they're down. I mean, we're going to be honest. We're going to break it down, you know, no pun intended. But at the same time, when we win, be happy about it. Because at the end of the day, Dwayne was happy about it. That I mean, did you see the look on his face? He looked like, you know, freaking kid on Christmas Day running around, man. That's all he wanted. That was so important to him. And, you know, people are like, oh, that's why we're a losing franchise because we we freaking put these guys on pedestals and we make such big deals out of wins that don't matter. Yeah, that's cool. But at the end of the day, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and be the Patriots. You have to instill a culture. You have to build from within. And a part of that starts with us, period. Yeah, you have to start winning games and you have to start setting expectations that that's what you need to do like every week. And you have to support your damn team even when it's hard. And don't get me wrong. There are plenty of Redskins fans out here that don't need to hear what I'm saying right now, but there are plenty that do. Our mentions were absolutely exploding after that game. I swear when I was walking in my car, my damn ringer almost broke. All <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And everybody was just being just whiny weirdos. Yeah. They, and that's the thing. They're like, they wanted like a complete blowout. Like, oh, and, sorry, guys. We're one and nine. Like, what do you expect? Wake up. No. Like you said, we're not going to wake up and be the Patriots. Like, even like Tom Tom Brady has a bad game. You don't see Patriots like, man, this guy sucks. Man, this is shit, bro. We need to go get somebody else. Tom ain't it no more. <laughs> I mean, well, I wouldn't say Patriots fans don't do that. When they lost to Baltimore, I swear you would have thought that they <laughs> lost the Super Bowl. But I get what you're saying. I think everybody who's listening gets what you're saying. But overall, guys, we need to do better as well. I know they won one game. Maybe you think I'm overanalyzing it. Maybe you think I'm, you know, making it more than it is. But at the end of the day, just be happy. We won a game. Dwayne Haskins got a win. And everybody around him played well. I, I mean, just, just be happy about that. And then the game, at the end of the day, we watch for fun. They play for fun, and winning's fun. Enjoy when we do win. But we got some really cool content coming up for the page, guys. I'm really excited about it. You know, Josh is really excited. Tell us a little bit more about that, Josh. So, I mean, for the game right now, like I said, I think we, I think we can win this one because Kyle Allen's looked terrible lately. You don't think Ryan Kerrigan's gonna have an impact? Him not playing is gonna make an impact? No, I think I think we got enough. Uh, I think our pass rush has been a lot better, especially getting six sacks against the uh, Lions. But I think we'll win like 24 to like 17. Or, it's going to be another close one. It's not going to be like nothing crazy. Um, but other than that, uh, like you said with the podcast, I know you had some ideas that you wanted to do. You know, I met a couple people listening to the pod and get a chance to shout all of you guys out. But we really appreciate it, dude. That was a really cool moment for me, you know, being able to go to the game and, you know, have content for the pod posted and, you know, like I said, reach out to Josh. He's not hard to get a hold of. He'll be more than he'd love to speak to any of you guys. We we really appreciate all the support from the bottom of our hearts. Sorry for the podcast being late. It's been a little hectic with the holidays and everything. Yeah, I've had some stuff going on this week, so I apologize, guys. Uh, we're, we're trying to do the best we can, but you know, like I said, I felt like it was a felt like it was a very morale boosting week overall to be a Redskins fan. I feel like we had yeah. a lot of good stuff to talk about and. As for my prediction for this Sunday, um, I think the Redskins are probably going to pull this one out 15-9. to nine. I feel like – I'm shooting my shot. I think they're going to blow McCaffrey up. I think they're going to get in Kyle Allen's face. And I think it's going to be a very defensive game. Could be wrong. Probably will be wrong. But I, I feel like this is a string of wins. And I feel like our defense has shown that they can perform without these key components missing. And I feel like that, that game was a, was a jolt. 
I thought yeah. it was the adrenaline boost we needed. So you got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. It's a win. I'll take that's it. That's it right there. Name of the pod. Got to start somewhere. Perfect. <laughs> got to start somewhere. Nail it. Got it at the very end. <laughs> um, but a win, a win against Panthers would be huge to build off of. But other than that, we will hit y'all up after the game against the Panthers. And- yeah, guys. We uh, we also got some some cool stuff coming up. Like I said, there's some ideas. Josh has got a PS4, so we're probably gonna get some Madden gameplay up. Gonna. You I know, suck, try- but I'm. I'm- what did you say? <laughs> I suck, but I'm trying. Yeah, I'm going to absolutely demolish him and then guide him like he's my child. Um, it's going to be a beautiful moment, complete rebirth. Uh, I will, we'll stay tuned for that. I'll let you guys know. Just see me in 2K. That's all that matters. Oh. <laughs> but it's been a fun week. Hope Every guy who says that time. is really bad at Madden. No, I'm legit at 2K. Dude, I haven't played Madden since like. At least you're honest. Every guy who says see me in 2K is just terrible at Madden. That's like a fact. No, I am bad at man, but I'm legit at 2K. So that's all that matters. I always play with the Grizzlies. That's my squad. Oh, okay. anyways, it has been a good Thanksgiving. Hope y'all have a good weekend. Roll Tide. Uh, hope we beat Auburn. Y'all better watch the game. Parker, anything you want to say? No, just thank you guys. You know, great week, great game. You know, nice for everything to be positive. Uh, peep the channel. You know, like I said, we're going to get some gameplay up. Um, go Irish and HGTR. It's been a breakdown. Peace. Had to take a quick halftime break to tell y'all a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain. It is absolutely free, and they give you the creation tools that you need that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast right away with no minimum on listenership and is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app like I did or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the second half of the episode. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.